Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Well, this morning has already been good. I thought the worship was powerful this morning. There is a resident healing anointing in this place. And I really, God really put something on my heart this week for this morning that um, deals with healings and miracles. So I'm going to speak for a few minutes just to encourage your faith, but then we're going to pray for healings and miracles this morning. I really believe we're stepping into times, and I've said this now for the last month, and I need you to hear me. We're stepping into times when we're going to need the supernatural power of God to bring healings and miracles in people's lives. I see a world that is going to need more of Christ, not less. Medical establishments are not going to have the answers. Governments are not going to have the answers. Your family home remedies are not going to be the answer. It's going to be Jesus Christ, who is always the answer. And I believe we're going to have to have the body of Christ raise up and become strong. And the Bible says, do mighty exploits for the kingdom of God. Do you realize God wants to use you to do exploits? God wants to use you to do exploits. What's that mean? To lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. He wants to use you to be able to prophesy the word of the Lord and give them words of wisdom and words of knowledge. He wants you to be able to see miracles and signs and wonders. We're stepping into a real season of miracles. I believe it. We're going to see it more and more. We've been seeing them in our church. We've been seeing healings take place in our church. We've been seeing miracles take place in our church. And I want to encourage you to have great faith this morning for God to do the greatest things. I'm believing by the time we're done this morning, every person who needs a healing or a miracle will get it by the time we're done in the name of Jesus. In fact, I believe that the body of Christ is going to be marked by churches and by believers who walk in those types of gifts. It is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's going to separate those that are truly walking by faith and are believing God for the supernatural. It's one thing to say Jesus can do it. It's another thing to say Jesus can do it through me. And God wants to use you to bring healings and deliverance. Groups are a part of that. I believe we're going to see healings and miracles in groups. We're going to see breakthroughs in people's lives. But one of the reasons we come together as a church, as a body of Christ, is to build faith for the expectant miracles and healings that are needed for this day. And so when you come in, come in expecting. You need healing, expect healing. You need a miracle, we're paving the way. We're ripping off the roof for God to bring you a healing, to bring you a miracle today. Come in expecting. This isn't a social club. This is a time where we're here to meet with God. And so I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. If I need faith... This chapter builds my faith incredibly. I've loved this chapter for many, many, many years. And I believe God wants to encourage you this morning. As I said, I'm not going to preach long. We're going to spend time believing God for healings and miracles this morning and going after what he wants to do in you today. But the word is so important. We need the word to establish some things within us. Amen. And behold, verse 22, Mark 5, 22, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and he was, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, 
My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her and that she may be healed and she will live. And Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Let me, let me just, I want to break this up as we go through this passage. I want to just hit little points on this. One of the keys for Jairus was Jairus knew who he was looking for. He knew that the one who had the answer was Jesus. Now, you've got to understand, this was a religious leader in the synagogue. Religious leaders did not like Jesus. Religious leaders thought Jesus was a crook. He thought Jesus was not worth following at all. But when they all of a sudden were faced with a crisis, they they knew who to come to. They knew who had the words of healing, the workings of miracles in his life, and his name was Jesus. There's sometimes people will talk bad about Jesus until they need Jesus. And he, the reason they didn't want Jesus around is because Jesus was exposing their religious parts of their life that were worthless. Some parts of religion are worthless. We can be so religious that we have no power of God working in us. We're not supposed to be religious without the power of God. If the power of God's at work, then your religion is worth something. But if there's no power of God at work, then the Bible says your your religion is worth nothing. And we've got to realize that there's so many religions that are worth nothing because there's no power of God at work in them. And Jesus is the one who is the power. And when he saw Jesus, the Bible says he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly, meaning he came to him with every ounce of flesh, every ounce of strength, every ounce of might. He came to Jesus and he needed a miracle. I have studied the scriptures over and over again, and I have seen God do miracles over and over again. Here's what I know so far, and I'm still learning about how it works. One thing I do know is that if you do nothing, you get nothing. Well, if Jesus wants to heal me, that's not the way it works. Jesus wants us to want him. We have to pursue him. We have to pursue his love. We have to pursue his presence. See, Jairus cried out and he, he pushed himself to where Jesus was. Jesus is in a place where we have to find where he is in that moment. We have to dig it out. We have to go after where is God. God, where are you? And we have to pursue. There's a pursuit within us. The Bible says if you seek him, you will find him if you search for him with all your heart. So he's a faithful God to be found if you seek him. Going on. So Jesus agreed in verse 24. He agreed to go with him, but then verse 25 interrupts the flow of what's taking place. There was a certain woman now had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she had suffered many things from many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Let me stop there. Let me make a couple of statements that I believe are important for I want to shift some things in your spirit this morning. 
First of all, I am super grateful, and I mean this with all my heart, for physicians. I am grateful for physicians. I'm grateful for what they do. I'm grateful for the things God shows them and how to help people. I believe most physicians have a genuine desire to help people get better. And so we see in the story this woman had been to many physicians. She had gone to many physicians. And the Bible says not only did she go to many but she was no better, and in fact, she was worse after going to physicians. I know physicians can help people, but stay with me this morning. I know some physicians can harm people. You don't want to hear that? I know some people get mad when I say stuff like that, but physicians aren't God. And sometimes they get it wrong. That's why I'm grateful for when they try to help me, but I don't hold it against them if they don't because they, they can only, they're limited. They're people. They're human beings. They're not God, and they're trying to help. But some physicians can, ha can hurt, can harm. In the, in the trying to help, they can harm. The same is true with medicines. Medicines can sometimes cause harm, then help. I'm grateful for medicines, and they can be a process to our healing, and sometimes you can take it, but please hear what I'm trying to say. Medicine, as a believer, medicine is never intended to be a life sentence. I'm messing with you this morning. Some of you have already determined, because your doctor said you have to take this for the rest of your life, you are going to take it for the rest of your life. And so because you and I, we're responsible, I don't care who says what to me, I'm responsible to ask Jesus what I'm supposed to do, whether I'm supposed to have surgery or not have surgery, whether I'm supposed to take medicine or not take medicine, whether I'm supposed to take it for a short term or a long term. My responsibility, my loyalty is to Jesus Christ. He is the one who knows what's best for me, because we have seen that every medicine has a side effect. Every medicine, there's medicines that we take that sometimes over time can make us worse. And then what's the doctor prescribe? Another medicine to counter what the first medicine did. And then what's he prescribe? A third medicine that counters the second medicine that's affecting us negatively. And then there's a fourth. Some of us are in multiple medicines that are trying to counter the negative effects of another medicine. And it's actually bringing more harm than help. We're trying to, to get healed. We're trying. But there, and nobody's trying to hurt you. But understand the only one that can truly heal you is Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're one of the ones who have said, I guess I'm going to have to take this for the rest of my life, I'm going to ask you to have an open mind to God speaking to you that maybe you won't have to take this for the rest of your life. Maybe God can show you how to wean off of it. Maybe God can heal you God will heal you if you come to him. See, part of the problem with medicine and physicians, and I say this very carefully, part of, part of the problem is um, if they give us something, some people, we stop going to Jesus. Like I said, I'm grateful for them, but they can't replace Jesus. 
I can't put my trust, I can't put my hope in them. My trust, my hope is in Jesus. And if, and if Jesus wants me to take something for a season, I take something for a season. But I've got to stay tuned to Jesus because ultimately I'm believing that as believers, we have the covenant right to healing in our life. We don't have to be stuck in a perpetual cycle of sickness. I, that is a spirit of infirmity. And Jesus didn't say some of you will have a spirit of infirmity and some of you won't. Jesus said, by my stripes, you are healed. And so walking this out is going to be all the more important because I really believe we're on the horizon of more sickness, more disease, more things that doctors and hospitals won't be able to solve, not because they don't want to, just because it's going to be beyond their understanding. And so we're going to have to hear from the Lord. We're going to have to know what God wants us to do. And we're going to have to stand in faith and come to Christ. This is not a bad thing. You know, there's some nations, there's some places, they have no medicine. The only one they have is Jesus. And there's a, there's a partial truth in that that's healthy in that we get so dependent on doctors that it's very unhealthy for Christians to put so much trust in doctors and so little trust in Jesus. It's a very unhealthy mindset. And that is not the way we're supposed to walk. And notice what it says in this passage. It says, and when she had spent all, she had spent everything. She had spent her money. She had spent her time. She had spent her emotions. She had spent all. She had put all of her hope, all of her trust I want you to think about this question. How much are you spending on medicines and doctors? How much are you spending on Google and YouTube? Some people spend so much time researching, Googling with doctors, with all these other things. You've spent so much time. I want to counter that with, Versus how much time have you spent in faith? How much time have you spent building your faith? If you're spending all your time on medicines and doctors and you're spending no time building your faith, see, it's faith that can move mountains. It's faith that can bring healings and victories. It's faith in God. And if we spend all of our time and spend all of our money and spend all of our emotions into doctors and into um, medicines and into all natural worldly remedies and we spend no time in faith, we are not going to receive a healing. What do I mean by spending time in faith? Reading the word. Spending time in worship. Spending time on YouTube. Do you realize there is, there is literally, you could watch YouTube for days. No. You could watch YouTube for years of all the different healings and miracles that have taken place through tremendous men and women of God. The Word of God could literally play around the clock in your heart and in your room and in your uh, bedroom and in your house. You could literally play the Word of God 24-7 and not exhaust the library that is in YouTube of healings and miracles. And you have to decide, what am I spending my 
thoughts on? What am I spending my efforts on? Am I spending time building my faith? If you spend time building your faith, you're going to get to Jesus. If you spend your time investing, are you sowing seed in the right place? You know, one of the things I've learned is I, if I need a miracle, I sow seed. If I need a miracle, I fast. I pray. I, there's things I do that if I need a breakthrough, I've got to get to God, and I've got to get God to see I'm coming after him. I'm putting my trust in him. I believe in him. And so maybe there's a seed he wants you to sow. Maybe there's something, a book that he wants you to read. Maybe there's something he wants you to declare every single day. The more you invest in faith, the more you will reap. But building your faith will cost you. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you money. And it may even cost you relationships. Because there's some people who aren't going to like you going after Jesus. Some people aren't going to agree with you. But let's keep going in the passage. When she heard about Jesus, verse 27, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You and I, as believers, have the power to touch Jesus. We have the ability to touch the Lord. We have the ability to get, what do I mean? To get into his presence. To get in front of him. To talk to him. To cry out to him. And to spend time in praise and in worship, to spend time in prayer and in fasting, to spend time in communion with him, to spend time in, 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 in uh, fellowship with him, reading the word, whatever it takes. You have the ability to grow your faith. You have your ability to touch Jesus through faith. But you can't touch Jesus, you can't get closer to Jesus through negative talk or negative thoughts. Our tongue has power. And if you're talking negative all day, well, I guess I'm going to die. Well, I guess I'm never going to be healed. Well, I guess I'm never going to... You're not getting any closer to Jesus. In fact, you're getting farther away. You can't get closer to Jesus by just sitting down and doing nothing. You look at the woman with the issue of blood. You look at Jairus and his daughters. And they could have just stayed home. If they had stayed home, I promise you, I'm 100% sure if Jairus had stayed home that day and the woman with the issue of blood had stayed home that day, neither one of them would have been gotten their miracle. Neither one of them. And sometimes the enemy convinces us to stay home and do nothing. Well, just stay home. You know you're tired. You know you, you don't have any energy. And you know it's too difficult. And the very place you need to be the very house of God that you need to be in, the very atmosphere that you need in order to get to Jesus, in order to get to the, God's answer, God's presence, the enemy will convince you, well, you, you know, it's, it's not going to work. Why do you go there? What, what, what's, the, what's the difference? What's it going to make? See, every time we come together, every time we gather, I'm believing God to heal. I'm believing God to do miracles. I'm believing God for breakthroughs. There's an atmosphere of expectancy 
I expect God to heal. I expect God to deliver. When you gather together in groups, I'm expecting God to heal. I'm expecting God to deliver. When the body, when two or three come together, that's why isolation is so dangerous. Because if the enemy can isolate you, he can take you out. And he can bring tremendous harassment into your mind and into your home and into your family. And when Jesus, when Jesus touches you, you'll know you've been touched. When, when this woman touched Jesus, she knew instantaneously that Jesus had touched her, that the power of Jesus had been released into her life, and she knew instantly that she was healed. See, touching Jesus, we've got to set our mind on, I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. I don't have to have all the answers. I can be frustrated. I can be dealing with stuff at home. I can be dealing with stuff with my marriage, my children, my finances. But I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to go after him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, with all my strength. I've got to go after Jesus. And I've got to touch. Because if I can touch Jesus, I know he'll touch me. Everything in us, physically, emotionally, spiritually, is affected when we touch Jesus. Everything in me. When I touch Jesus, he brings peace. When I touch Jesus, he brings joy. When I touch Jesus, he settles things in me. There's things Jesus does when I touch him, but I have to go after him. Verse 31. But his disciples said to him, Jesus, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But this woman, fearing and with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith has made you well. I teach this in our class for origins. Healings, miracles require somebody's faith. Someone's faith. It can be your faith, it can be my faith, but it's got to be somebody's faith. Your faith, he says in this passage, it was your faith. We see with Jairus, and you see the rest of the story, it's his faith. Not the one that is sick, but his faith brought Jesus to heal his daughter. It's his faith. Somebody has to have faith. Faith and trust and believing in God. And he says, your faith, go in peace. And while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead, so why bother troubling the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. I, I want to stop here for a second. The time you want to hear bad news is when you're really close to Jesus. Because when you hear, you got to think, here's a man, he's cried out to Jesus, and he just gets a report that his 12-year-old daughter is now dead. And Jesus says, don't allow fear to come in. Don't believe the report. How many of us could be that close to Jesus and not believe 
the report. He had to really have been in such a mindset to say, okay, I believe. Because the word believe means to be firmly persuaded. Firmly persuaded. I just need you to believe. Don't fear, I'm with you. See, sometimes what makes it hard is we know the enemy attacks. We know sickness and disease comes from the enemy. We know he attacks, and we can believe. But there comes a time where many of us, especially if it takes days and weeks and months and even years, there comes times we can all get tired, and we feel like quitting. And just when we think we're going to get our miracle, we get worse news. And there comes a time when we can get discouraged, when we feel like quitting, when we feel like giving up. And I'm sure the first thing that would have tried to attack Jairus' mind is, why bother? Why bother? When you hear a death sentence, it, it saps the faith out of your spirit. It saps belief out of you. When you hear a death sentence, this is why we have to, we have to, we have to go to Jesus and say, but what do you say? I know what's being said, but what do you say? What are you speaking? Are you, do you have any words for me? Do you have anything? I know my home looks a mess. I know my children look a mess. I know my finances, my health, whatever it is. But what do you say? I know it looks like death is all around me. I know I've got a bad report. I know it looks like this is the road I'm going to walk on. But what do you say? What do you say? And I'm not talking about being presumptuous. I'm not talking about making stuff up. Because some people, we get in trouble because we make stuff up. I'm talking about getting so close to Jesus, he gives you a word on what to do. He gives you a word on how to handle it. He shows you, and he builds your faith and said, I want you to pray this way. I want you to believe this way. I want you to stand still and just wait and see my salvation. I want you to keep declaring this. I want you to keep declaring this over your children, over your marriage, over your finances, over your body. I want you to keep declaring. I want you to keep reading. Don't look at that. Stop going on Googling stuff. Stop going on Google. It's going to ruin your faith. You're going to Google it. You're going to look at that symptom. Stop talking to your friend who's a doctor or a nurse because you know they're not going to lead you down the right path. You need to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you say? I know what I've just heard, and I'm not doubting that what I just heard in the natural is probably true. However, whether it's true or not true, what do you say? Because he has, as we sung earlier, the final say. What is he saying? What is he speaking? What am I hearing? That's why I always say to people, when they say something to me, I'll say, well, what are you hearing from God? And inevitably, nine times out of ten, people will look at me and say, I don't know. And for some, it really is overwhelming. But for others, when they've taken time and they're saying, no, I'm going after God. I'm going to fast, or I'm going to start reading all these books. I'm going to turn this off, and I'm going to turn this on. You know, like I was, I was said in the first service, I, this week, uh, at least two or three times, I, I had brought, brought to mind about Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman was a tremendous woman of God who saw many healings and miracles back in the 60s and 70s. In fact, when I was a kid, I went to one of her services in Buffalo when I was five or six years old. I remember being in her service, and this, this woman 
was so sold out to Jesus. She was so sold out to Jesus. She would go anywhere he, that the Lord told her to go. And I was, I, was, I was debating yesterday, do I preach on this? And then when Mike Peace said her name, I go, okay, I know where I'm going today. Because he mentioned it yesterday at our men's meeting. He mentioned about her. Because there's healings and miracles that want to take place. But you're going to have to get a word from the Lord. You're going to have to hear from God. And she was so sold out for Jesus. She didn't have money to go places. She didn't have provision. She would sleep in, in, in barns. She would sleep wherever. If God was sending her something somewhere, she was so obedient to God. And God used her in the most miraculous ways because she was willing to hear God's voice. And we have to shift the thinking of the body of Christ. I, I'm really, I think today is one of those days where I'm just planting seed. I don't know when it's going to come forth, but I believe the more this year goes on, the next year, the next two years, the next three years go on, I believe we're going to see some things that are truly going to require only Jesus to answer. And as a body, we can see miracles right here in this church. We can see healings right here in this church. I have to get around people of faith. I have to get around people that will build my faith. And he says in Ephesians 6, I'll just go this sideways just for a minute. He says, having done all to stand, keep standing. Keep believing. You know, last year I did a series, or I did a day, uh, I did a session on Sunday on getting behind that wall of protection. There's a wall of protection, and it's the armor of God, that you have to learn how to get behind that. Because the enemy's going to try to come and take you out. And he's going to try to discourage you. And you're going to have to get behind that wall. And as you get behind that wall, I love what it says here in Ephesians 6. He says, you keep praying and pray and pray always. Pray in the spirit. Pray with them. Keep praying and keep declaring and keep speaking boldly. What things has God asked you to keep speaking boldly? What things has God spoken to you to speak boldly? I know we're in days where we're going to have to know the voice of God so strong. Because we're, gonna, we're coming against real principalities and real powers. And let me take it into this last part of this passage in Mark 5. Verse 37 to 42. And Jesus permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the turmoil and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when Jesus came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed and mocked him and laughed at him. But when he had put them all outside, his, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and entered the, where the child was laying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kamai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Here's where I want to put your thinking this morning. When you start to hear from the Lord and start to do what God shows you to do, people are going to laugh at you. People are going to mock you. People are going to ridicule you. People are going to criticize you. And you may be in the room where they're speaking, but you need to not listen to what they're saying. In fact, you need to put every one of those people outside of your emotional circle. You have to determine who really has fear. Because some people say they have faith, 
but as they talk, it sounds like fear. Don't tell me you have faith and every word coming out of your mouth is fear. Who is saying things to discourage you? You know, sometimes you can be around somebody and they pray for you. By the time they're praying, you feel worse than by the time... You could, have, you, could, you could have done better without them praying for you. Some people have very weak faith. They don't have strong faith. And you have to determine, just because somebody is present, you know, some people, I just try to be present, doesn't mean they're helping. Not everybody around you is helping you. And you need to stop telling people stuff. Some people just stop telling them. You know, if you need a new group of people, get in a small group and get around a new group of people. Know, let me say it this way, know who is in your room. Know who's in your room, who really has faith, who is saying things to build you up, who is saying things and who is strong when you're feeling weak. If someone is in your life and they are weak and you can't change it, you know, there's some people you live with that, are good, that may be weak. So you can't, you can't have them leave the house, but you need to tell them they need to get stronger. You need to tell people, your weakness is not helping me. I need you strong. I need your faith strong. I need you to change the way you speak. I need you to change the, way, the things you're reading. I need you to change what you're listening to because my faith depends on you being strong. I need you to get stronger. You need to read these books of faith. You need to watch these videos of faith. You need to do this. You need to tell them, Keep your faith circle small. Not everybody's going to have faith for your miracle. There's going to be times when you're going to have great faith and you might not need a lot of people around you. There's going to be other times you're going to feel very weak and you need somebody to carry you today. You need someone to help lift you up today. You need someone to build up your faith today. This is what I'm talking about. This is the body of Christ. This is who we are. This is what we're supposed to do. You know, you can, you can post stuff on social media. Go ahead and post it. And if I was posting stuff and I would say, you know, I need you all to pray for me. I'm going through this. But you know what I would do? I wouldn't read any of the responses. Because most of it's going to be worthless. Oh, I feel so bad. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to hear that. This isn't a sympathy post. I'm looking for people of faith. I'm looking for people who respond and say, the Lord says this. God is saying that. I don't want your sympathy. I need your strength. And sometimes we don't realize we feed our spirit with the wrong stuff. And then we're trying to be strong, but we, we're getting strength from weak people. I can't get strength from weak people. Weak people can't help me. You ever see those guys who work out at the gym and you see, and you see, and somebody says, I'll spot you? And you see that guy, that big muscle guy, and he's like, and he, and he spots you, and he's like, man, he's strong. He can spot me anytime. And then, and then some other little guy gets behind him, says, I'll spot you. I'm like, brother, no thanks. I'm good, man. You're going to let it fall right on me. It's going to crush me. Some people are like the gym spotters. They'll say they'll spot you, but when the weight gets heavy, they're going to let go. Some people can't spot you. They're just not strong enough in their faith. And you need to know who's spotting you and who's not. 
who's holding the weight with you or who's going to drop it on you when it gets all too heavy. Because times you're going to have to fight for healings, you're going to have to fight for miracles, and it's going to get heavy. It's going to get hard. And sometimes you just got to keep standing and keep standing and keep believing and keep declaring and keep knowing that Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said. And I keep believing. You know, I, I love the story, and I'll close with this story this morning. I love this story where the guy was paralyzed, and he had four friends who said, we got you. And those friends took him and said, well, we can't get in through the crowd. The crowd's too big. We'll try to push ourselves in. The crowd's not too So we're going to get to Jesus somehow. We're going to figure out how to get to Jesus. Now, I don't know how you'd feel if Jesus was in your house and somebody was up on your roof with a hammer ripping off the shingles and they got their saws going and they're cutting a hole in the roof. I don't know what was happening with the owner of that house. I I think I might be a little upset. But they tore off the roof of the house. They tore off the roof and said, we're going to get you in front of Jesus some way, somehow. We know today you don't have the strength to get in front of Jesus. We know today you're feeling kind of weak. We know today you're feeling not that strong. So we're going to carry you ourselves up the ladder, onto the roof, rip off the roof, and then we're going to drop you down in front of Jesus. When Jesus touches you, you will be healed. That's how I feel when I come to church. We're setting the atmosphere I'm looking at the ushers. I'm looking at the platform. I'm looking at tech. I'm looking at people that are around and saying, who's helping me tear off the roof today? Who's helping me get to where God can move? Who's setting the atmosphere? I don't need brother and sister, weak so-and-so, who's all up in their own selves. I need people who have strengthened them, who can help tear off the roof for a miracle, for a victory, for a breakthrough in somebody else's life. That's why we come to church. That's why I say get here early. It's not helping you to get here at 11.20 or 11.30. We've just spent 20 minutes trying to tear off the roof so you could get to Jesus. It's not helping you when you miss Monday night prayers or you don't come in. We're trying to tear off the roof so that you can come in and just receive what God's got for you and receive that healing. If we can get you to Jesus, all things are possible. God has a way to get you where you need to go today. And God has a remnant of people in this room that are ready to tear off the roof for your healing, for your miracle. God has a people here today that are excited about what you are going to do today. We're seeing people walk out in faith, walk out in miracles, walk out in victory. I'm here to tell you today, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with Jesus. You can believe, you can expect, but when Jesus runs into this room this morning, you better be ready because he will knock you over and give you everything you need. When Jesus encounters you and you encounter Jesus, you'll know.
Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.